What's up, my witches? You are now tuned in to Breeze in the Shadows, where your host, Bree, speaks on everything witchy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the first official episode of Breeze in the Shadows. Again, I'm your host, Bree, and I wanted to start the first episode off with just a little bit of an introduction into who I am, um, why I started Breeze in the Shadows, and yeah. So, who is Bree? In case you don't know who the hell I am, which there's a good case that you don't know who the hell I am, which I'm okay with that. It's fine. We're going to change it. Um, I am the girl behind Books and Shadows. It's a little dual blog where the magic of books collide with the magic of our universe. And that's actually pretty much the reason why I wanted to get Breeze in the Shadows started, right? So it wasn't just that I wanted to change the lives of so many witches, even though that is the main focus of the podcast. I really needed a better way to translate what I was trying to say on my blog on the shadows part, right? So, um, my blog, basically you have book reviews on the book side, book reviews, um, book memes, just a whole bunch of fun bookish things. And because I read so much, there was so much content I was able to put there. It it just came freely writing about books. But when I tried to write about shadows, all my witchy stuff, it did not translate well. I felt like I wasn't able to form those connections and really give off that energy I wanted to give off when I'm speaking about my witchy life. Um, so I've always wanted to start a podcast. Let's just get that out there. As you can tell, I'm a big talker anyway. So starting a podcast was always my thing. I didn't have a niche. I didn't want to just come out here and not have anything to talk about. So when I came to that dilemma with the blog, it Honestly, it all fits so perfectly. Start Breeze in the Shadows, which the name fits with my blog, Books and Shadows. It's just Breeze in the Shadows. I'm just speaking on my witchy side on this podcast. Awesome. Let's do a podcast. Post the episodes on your blog, and that can be the content. That's how Breeze in the Shadows, the idea was born. Now, as time went on and I you know, self-sabotage myself for a good year before releasing this podcast, um, I started really thinking about what I wanted to do with the podcast. What's my mission statement, right? And I did feel that after all these years of me becoming a witch, I've been practicing um, since I was a junior in high school, a sophomore in high school, really, but really a junior, I dived into it. And I'm in my 30s now. And all that time, you know, I took just making so many mistakes. I was following paths that I felt was being pushed down my throat because no other, no other like solid information was given to me to know that I didn't have to define my spirituality or my practice into any set way. So I spent many years trying to define it. And then, you know, I spent many years trying to hide it. Because I wasn't out to my family, I wasn't out to my friends um, being a witch, and I did grow up in a Christian household, so, you know, a Christian black household. So it's a little weird coming to your Southern Christian family and saying, hey, I'm a witch. They're like, what the fuck, right? So I hid it for many years, which also limited my practice and my growth. So I went through so many years of these ups and downs, these twists and turns, that 
when the idea came to do the podcast, I was like, you know what? This would be a great way for me personally to take a step back and get back to the basics. Um, this time taking everything I've learned, everything I've experienced, all the mistakes I've made, all the gains I've made and starting the journey anew with this information, like who doesn't want an opportunity, an opportunity to go back in time with the knowledge that you have. I happen to have this opportunity with my craft, with this podcast. So my plan with Breeze in the Shadows is to build the journey, right? I want it to be a growth journey podcast with all of you. Um, I didn't have many people to share my first go round learning as a baby witch. I didn't have anyone to share it with. Um, there just wasn't as much as there wasn't as much access to people and information as there is now. And I would have loved that community to kind of guide me, you know, and say, Hey, no, there's plenty of this and there's plenty of that. There's no such thing as just this. Um, you know, you can be whatever in all things at once in that one single thing at all, you know? And I've never had that type of feedback. I never had that type of community. So I want Breeze in the Shadows to first and foremost be a community growth type of podcast, right? I want us to get together, have discussions um, for us to politely um, give our take and our views and perspectives on certain topics um, to each other because, you know, feeding off of that energy helps you grow in any practice. You need that type of, you know, you need that kind of community. So I wanted to build a community with the podcast, but I also wanted to make sure I was laying fundamental practices and principles and the basics that every witch should know before going on to more complicated um, witchcraft. You know, you don't want to basically start off trying to do like these crazy hexing spells, which, you know, if hexing is your thing, um, you don't want to start off and not know how to properly protect yourself during the ritual, um, closing, you know, opening, casting a circle, closing a circle out, um, you know, successfully. Just all these little nuances that can come with doing spell work, you want to make sure you have those practices down pat. So this is for the baby witches who, you know, get told, oh, just go read and go study and, you know, learn your craft that way. It is very true. You need to do that. But now you have me as a resource as well to come and say, hey, you know, I was right there where you were once before. I'm taking myself back to that point with this information I have to give now. Boom. There we go. Let's, you know, let's build on it. So season one, I definitely want it to be a solid groundwork foundation building type of season. And I don't want to put too many stipulations on what Breeze in the Shadows will be because I want her to grow organically. Who knows what season two will be? Will it be the next step? Who knows what the next step is? You know, who knows what information we'll be able to cover in the first season before I feel is complete. Um, I don't know yet. I do want her to grow organically. She's my little baby. But, you know, she's going to have some structure at the same time. So if that is you out there, if you're a baby witch looking for a community of witches um, or someone you can speak to who's not giving you a bunch of jargon and 
you know, just overcomplicating the practice, which I think happens a lot in this community, um, especially when you're on TikTok learning most of what you need to know to become a witch. You will feel that you need to do so many different things all at once and not having the tools to back that practice it can make you feel you know insecure about your practice which if any witch knows when you're doing spell work you better be very confident in what you want so that you can manifest those intentions right you need to know what you're getting as a matter of fact it should already be your truth before you even step up to that candle and light it you know or whatever you're doing for your spell work um so yeah, that's what I want. I want us all to get together. You know, guys, leave me voice memos. Um, but you will be able to, you know, interact with me on Books and Shadows when I post it on the blog. Uh, you can find me on IG at Books and Shadows, B-O-O-K-S and A-N-D, Shadows. Um, I also have... Twitter at Books in Shadows. That's B-O-O-K-S, the letter N, Shadows. And I'm working on a Facebook, guys. I got rid of my Facebook a long time ago. But apparently, when I started this podcast, everyone was like, oh, you need Facebook if you have a podcast. So I am working on getting that page up as well. And then once I get it up, I'll shout myself out on one of these episodes. But I'm working on it tonight. Um, But yeah, so welcome to Breeze in the Shadow, guys. We are going to get into one of the most important steps of any spell work. Or, you know, something you should definitely have solid in your practice, which is cleansing, charging, and consecrating, if that's your thing. It's my thing. It may not be everyone's thing, but that charging and the cleansing of your tools, as well as yourself, should be done before you begin your spell work. So, let's go ahead and grab our books of shadows. Books of shadows. Do you have books of shadows? Grab your book of shadows. Grab something to drink. Grab your favorite pen. And let's get into some witchy shit. And we are back and jumping right into the three C's of the craft. Cleansing, charging, and consecrating. So these steps are basically empowerment of your sacred space and magical tools. And it's essential for three basic reasons. It removes any negative residue that has attached itself to the item or the place. It melds your positive energy with that of the universe and brings divinity. And it instills this energy into the object or place for positive purposes. So to cleanse, you're basically purifying it spiritually To charge, you're going to imbue it with power. And to consecrate, you're going to dedicate it to a sacred source or as a sacred source. Okay? So for me, these steps are essential in any spell I'm doing. I have to cleanse no matter what. Um, You want to make sure that you're starting off on a clean slate. You cannot go into any spell work with some bad juju around you. I'm telling you. All types of crazy things can happen. Um, You won't see results and then you will lose confidence in your craft. So cleansing is essential. Um, Let's start off with cleansing then. So when you cleanse an item or place, you're cleaning it at a spiritual level. So it disassociates the items with their past vibrations. Before using any item, I mean, if you got it from Amazon, even if honestly, you know, you can buy certain items that have been 
blessed, you know, which probably have been cleansed, charged, and then consecrated. And then the item can be sent to you and you don't have to do a thing. But even then, and maybe that's just me, not really that I don't trust in other people's magic. But when I do the thing, I know that it's done the way that I need it to be done. And you don't know people's intentions truly. That's why you don't know people, you don't let people know your birth chart, you know, because people can use it against you. And there are people who could you know, market themselves as as being healers and give you these pre-prepared things and they could have, you know, negative energy connected to them because they, you know, they want to do some evil shit. I'm just saying, I'm not telling you guys to lose faith in the online marketplace for um, witchcraft and, you know, I'm not saying that at all, but, you know, just use your judgment. And if you do get these items and you notice some crazy shit happening around you or you're in a string of bad luck, then, you know, start eliminating those sources, not automatically think it's someone out to get you. And maybe it's something that you're using that wasn't cleansed properly. And now that energy is clinging to you. So that's why it's very important to cleanse your items so you can receive those conducive um, results to your goal. So some common cleansing methods are, of course, you know, burning incense. Um, You know, most people know it as smudging. I think I heard some controversy with using smudging the term, um, you know, if you're not indigenous. So, you know, I'm not going to speak on it fully because I do not know the full scope of if that's a true type of, you know, hey, try to use a different term. So I'm just going to say burn incense for the sake of being politically correct. (laughs) Definitely want to burn a cleansing herb, such as rosemary, such as mugwort, um, you know, palo santo, uh, that you can use. Just make sure that when you're using sources like that, that you are using them responsibly. If you aren't harvesting these items yourself, just make sure you're getting them from a company that actually gives a shit about the environment and aren't just over harvesting so they can put it in a fucking hot topic or something. You know, it's like, um, you know, that's just annoying. So just make sure that if you are using a cleansing incense, um, that you are using it responsibly and buying responsibly. So that's one way to do it. We've all heard about it, you know, running smoke through your home, over your body to cleanse yourself. Um, You can also bury the object in the earth for a while in a bowl of salt, dirt, or cornmeal. So all those are representative of earth. And, you know, just like the saying, as above, so below, as above was clean and purified so when you bury it it's kind of like you're going back into the earth and it's a purification in itself as well soak the objects in salt water you can hold the objects under running water now if you do hold it under running water in my opinion in my opinion I would want to put it under a a living water source that's running. So if you are close to like a creek that, um, or a brook or a river and it holds life, it's not like stagnant, disgusting water that has like algae all over it. And you know, you're like, ew, you know, have little mosquitoes flying all on top of it. That's most likely going to be like a bog. It's it's not going to be any kind of living 
water. So you want to go somewhere where the water is rushing, continuously moving, bringing new life. Um, there's a force with that. There's an energy with that. It is known that, you know, using those living water sources and spell work can really like bring a magical punch. So that's another way that you can cleanse objects is to run them under that. For me, living water. Now, if you run it underneath your faucet and it works for you, then great. If you feel like it's truly cleansed that way, great. But for me, I would do it in a um, living water source, such as a river. And around me, um, I do have a few sources where I can go and do that. So that would be one of the ways I would do it. I would probably do it under a full moon just to get that added punch um, of cleansing. Cause that's another way that, um, you know, when you get into the charging, you can charge underneath a full moon, but we'll get to that. So another way you can cleanse um, an object is to have the object over a flame, kind of like, you know, the heat will be a cleansing factor for it, or you can actually place inside of a fire. Now with all of this being said, please be smart, which is, if your object will be ruined by the cleansing method, please do not do it. Do not throw your new deck of fucking tarot cards in the fire. They will burn. Boom. You just wasted however much money, which those can get really expensive um, if you get like a really nice deck, you know, and um, certain crystals aren't able to be placed in water. It, you know, completely ruins them. So know your crystals and, you know, I'm not really big on crystals, um, you know, I never really had a true connection to them, but I am getting more and more into them. Um, thanks to my niece, Mari, she is the crystal lady and, you know, she have, she has convinced me otherwise that I should take a different look at crystals. Um, you know, and that's another way that you can actually, um, cleanse your items as well is through crystals. So... You know, there are quite a different few methods that you can use to cleanse your um, items. But, you know, you definitely want to do the cleanse no matter what. It's so essential. I mean, you will not get the results you're looking for if you're not cleansing yourself, your space, and your tools. So, basically, your tools that if you're using anything like continuously on your altar, you know, you have your chalice and your cauldron, all the things that you, all the tools you have on your altar, they need to be cleansed and only used for that purpose. Especially if you go through the steps of charging and consecrating those items as well, because once you consecrate them, they will become blessed and sacred and they should not be used for any other reason. So, um, oh, another really good herb that you can use, um, for cleansing is sandalwood. Now for me, sandalwood is a super powerful cleansing, um, herb because, or instant because it will, for me, if the energy is super negative or really out of whack or just thick, if I burn sandalwood in that space, I literally feel nauseous. Like I, the smell is so overpowering. And it's because Sandalwood is pulling all of that shit out. And I have to have like every window and door open in the house to like make sure that just everything just gets out. Sandalwood is super powerful. I don't use it often just because of the effects it have on on my body <laughs> when it's pulling that energy out. But it definitely lets me know when things are not great. And believe me, um, Sandalwood lets you know, y'all. Sandalwood lets you know. So that's one that you can definitely 
look into if you want to like pack a powerful punch with cleansing. But rosemary, as I've said before, is my baby. Um, or have I said that before? I can't remember. But if I haven't said it before, I'm saying it now. Rosemary is my go-to herb. She is my baby. She is my... We are twin flames, okay? And I use rosemary automatically, no matter what. Um, but I, bear, 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 please, sweetie. We're in the middle of a recording here. So I use mugwort as well. If I'm doing things for protection, I use mugwort because it brings a, you know, a cleansing and a type of protective um, cover over me but rosemary does that too she is a power herb y'all rosemary so the things you need to cleanse all your new tools that you'll be using for your altar and for any magical working so even if it's not staying on the altar you bought a new pack of chime candles um go ahead and cleanse those candles you don't have to do it that day you get them or you can you can cleanse them um all at once and then you never have to cleanse them again as long as you keep them in the space away from a lot of negative energy, a lot of energies to affect them. Or you can cleanse them as you go, as you're using them. That's what I personally do because I sometimes forget that I even cleanse them at all. I'm like, okay, let me just cleanse them. And then I just like to make sure that I'm on a clean slate no matter what. So I cleanse as I'm getting, going into my spell. And that's why it takes me probably, and that's like 30 minutes of preparation before cleansing and, you know, 30 minutes to an hour, depending on, you know, the effect I'm trying to have on the item. Any jewelry you use, um, you know, especially if you're going to use them as a talisman or, you know, anything like that, make sure it's been cleansed, your crystals, your divination tools like tarot and, um, you know, if you use a Ouija boards or whatever you use for divination, scrying boards, you know, scrying mirrors, um, there you go, you know. Make sure they're cleansed. Cleanse your home. Every time you move into a space and you're going to be there for a extended period of time, really, if you have the option, even if you're not there for extended periods of time, go ahead and cleanse it as soon as you just go into it. You just want to make sure that you're just staying protected. And that's one of the ways that you can protect yourself no matter what. Um, and, you know, always cleanse yourself because we come with our own negative energies and emotions. And if you are going, let's say that you just went through a really bad dark period in your life and you were depressed and then you come out of it. Thank God, you know, you come out of it and you're feeling good about yourself. And then all of a sudden it seems like it keeps seeping back over you and seep back over you. Did you cleanse your space after you come out of that muck? Did you cleanse yourself? Did you take a cleansing bath? You know, running yourself on the salt water, um, holding the object on the salt water. That's a good way to look at yourself as being the altar. Go ahead and take a cleansing bath and put some sea salt in there and some different crystals that kind of like, you know, absorb that energy for you. And there's, there's so many different ways to cleanse yourself, but you definitely want to make sure you're doing it because like they said, you are your altar. You are the magic. And if you aren't cleansed, how do you expect to bring some good old, you know, homegrown magic into your life if it's, you know, being stopped at the door because you're full of shit yourself? And, you know, shadow work is also a good cleanse. But we'll get into the shadow work later because that's an essential fundamental step of cleanse is doing the shadow work. So let's move on to charging. You've done the cleansing. You've done all the Mr. Clean stuff. And now your item is squeaky clean and brand new. You're looking at that candle. That candle's looking at you. 
and you're like, I'm about to use you. I'm about to use you to manifest some monies. Since we're talking about the suit of pinnacles in the next segment, um, let's talk about, you know, manifesting money in your life through spell work. So you get that green candle for abundance and prosperity and you're thinking like, okay, what I want to do, I want to in the next six months, save up $500 in my saving. You don't have to do like a huge, you know, make it achievable goal so you can see the result quick and then you can gain your confidence in your magic. So, you know, six months, I want $500 in my savings account. And you start looking at thinking about what your life will look like with that extra $500 security blanket, whatever you're using it for. Um, you know, maybe you're going on a trip and you want to just get that extra cushion of money, or maybe you have to get some new tires within the next few months and you need to save that money up, you know, visualize whatever it is that you will achieve when you hit that goal of that manifestation Um, envision what your life would feel like. And if you have a problem envisioning, um, this, okay, so try to daydream. You know, we all daydream when we're listening to music and let's say you that you listen to certain I personally, if I'm listening to some trap music, I will put myself in a whole music video where I'm I'm walking your trap and I'm taking over your trap. And if you don't know what trap music is, I'm sorry you don't get the reference. But I'm not gonna explain it because it's for the people who know. But okay, let's say that whatever your genre of music is, you're listening to it and you put yourself like there you're you feel like you're a part of a music video and it feels so real that you get goosebumps you know what I'm saying and you're like even mouthing like what you would say in this fantasy during certain times when like a fan comes up to you or something it's like oh my god I love you you know whatever you're daydreaming that's what you need to visualize when you're charging and putting that energy into your item. So when you're charging something, you're empowering it, it with energy. In some cases, this simply means imbuing an item with positive energy, while in others, it means charging an item so that so that its energies are aligned with a specific purpose, right? So let's say that, you know, you kind of want to, let's say you want to redo a tarot reading on yourself one morning and you just want to add a kick of clarity. So you get whatever, let's say you want to use a candle, whatever herb you use for clarity, which there are so many different ones. And, um, you know, you start thinking about like, you know, I just want some really good vibes some clarity, you know, on this reading. So you want to start empowering that candle that you're going to light during the, doing the reading with that positive energy, you know, like don't, you know, no expectations. Just give me, I just want positive energy put into it to give me a little boost of results. Or you can have that candle give a specific purpose. You know what I mean? Like, um, you're trying to do a hex breaker and you're using a black candle and for protection. And you're looking at like, you're thinking about all the different things that are going wrong in your life or some bad luck you're having. And then you're visualizing that candle burning it all away. You know what I mean? Just burning those negative connections and tethers that someone or something, or even yourself have placed on yourself, you know, cause sometimes our own minds and our own negative thoughts can cause us to create, our own prisons and our own bad luck. You know what I mean? So just visualize that black candle burning or 
and closing all those horrible things that are happening to you in this black cloud of smoke. And then when it, the smoke disappears, those things disappear with it. Right. That's all what charging is. You're visualizing what it is that you need, what it is that you want, what do you want to manifest, what do you want to achieve, you're visualizing that, and you're raising that energy, and you're putting it into the object, so um, in the book, Candle Magic for Beginners, and I cannot remember the author's name, um, I'm going to place on the blog, on this blog post for this podcast episode, I'm going to put the pages of his cleansing, charging, and consecration um, ritual for really any tool, but in this case, candles. And he gives a very, I mean, a very detailed and simple and super effective way to do this, um, these three steps, right? I'll place them on the blog so you guys can see it. But I actually use that method all the time. I used to use a different method, and I tried this one, and, I mean, it worked quickly. So I will put that on the blog um, so you guys can see it. But, you know, charging at the end of the day requires you to raise energies, and there's different ways that you can raise energy and direct it into that object. So you can rub candles with oil repeatedly if you're doing candle magic. Um, there are different oils that achieve different results. Like I said, you know, if you are trying to do an oil for protection, you can use the, the you know, Honestly, we're not going to go into oils as far as that the correspondences with oils. There's so many different ones. You could like literally, the resources are endless with that. So you can rub candles with oil repeatedly. If you're doing candle magic, you can dance, chant, and meditate to raise power, right? So you can chant um, what it is that you're trying to achieve and, you know, raise that energy through chant and through energy, through movement, you know, kinetic energy is a real thing, science. So that kinetic energy, you know, as it's being stored and you release it through dance, you can release what it is that you're trying to obtain and whatever movement comes from that, let it be natural, not let it not be forced, just let your body move and then direct that energy into whatever object that you are trying to charge. You can... Put the object out under the sun all day to charge it with solar power. And then if you want to add an extra pack, pack an extra punch, boom, boom, pow. <laughs> you can, let's say, like again, under a full moon, you can set it out the day, the morning of a full moon. Let it sit in the sun all day. And then when the full moon comes out, you can charge it with the power of the moon as well. So you're getting polarity energy, you know, which is, you know you know, which smarter, not harder. There you go. And then another way you can put the object on the full moon. Boom. We already talked about that. Okay. So just so you guys know, I'm reading from my actual book of shadows notebook. So I have a book of shadows where I do the results of all my spells. Um, you know, it's more of a personal journey. And so I can reflect back on and say, Hey, this spell worked this way or it didn't work that way. But then I also have a book of shadows, um, study, guide basically where if I'm learning new material or I'm updating my knowledge on things that I already know I will basically put it out write it out so I can go back this one will look more kind of like 
if you watch Charmed, <laughs> you know how they will go upstairs and go into their book of shadows and, you know, go to the different spells. This is That's what this one would look like. It's going to be a whole bunch of different information about what I do in the craft and the best practices to use. So if you hear me like sound like I'm reading off something, I'm just reading from you guys. Essential was important for me to let you know something that I felt was important enough for me to write down. So of course I want to relay what I feel is of importance. And if you hear the paper um, turn as well, there you go. You guys are getting the exclusive behind the scene book of shadows information straight from the source. Uh, you're welcome. So another way that you could charge your item is to use the energy you have accumulated in your tools. So, hmm, the best way to describe this, let's say that you have used a certain tool for a certain purpose and you have charged that tool specifically for that purpose over and over again. You can use the energy that you have accumulated in that tool to charge another tool right so when you're done with your ritual and you drop your circle you ground yourself etc you can pour all that residual energy into your tools as well so there's a lot of you know that's why it's important to open you know to drop your circle and ground yourself to make sure that you are you know closing out that energy source that you just opened up you know if if you're opening up things you have to close them you can't just leave them to run a muck around you because little weird shit has started happening. You're like, why is like little things happen? Like little things you can't explain that are, you just like, Oh my, like everything just seems to be out of whack. And it's because did you even close your circle? Did you even ground your energy when you were done um, doing that huge ritual or spell work that you were doing? You know, this isn't for like simple spells that you do. These are like bigger spells. And um, let's say if you are in a coven, you will definitely be closing out your circle and grounding when you're done because there are going to be so many energy sources from all the people in that coven opening up this source. You have to close that out. You can use the power after closing it out. Um, all that power, all that energy you can pour into um, your tools as well. So, and if it's good energy, they could just help further your cause. But I feel like that's getting more advanced. So, you know, maybe just kind of like put that one on the back burner for now and just keep it in the back of your mind. But definitely rubbing object with oil, dance, chant, meditation, um, putting your object out under the sun or under the moon are all great ways to charge. And you can also lay objects on healthy crystals for several days to charge. You Okay, so one, one really cool thing that my niece did she had these um two bamboo stalks that didn't have any root system like not one and she uh, had some new crystals she just set up an altar you know she was getting into her nice spiritual space and she put her bamboo next to the crystals and now no shit those I even get her to send me a picture of them now which I mean there's no before picture so maybe I shouldn't put it on the blog so you guys can see it but they have such thick beautiful white healthy roots and if you guys know anything about house plants or any plant at all um white roots that don't have a lot of browns um like spots all over and everything they're just really healthy roots and those crystals completely did that you know what I mean they completely charged those plants with so much good energy and, and actually one of them broke 
I, I believe she said one of her crystals broke um, in the process. And that's when you know that they have given all that they could and you need to replace them. So that's another great thing. But, you know, crystals would be another episode. And maybe I can have her on the episode to talk about crystals because she is the crystal lady and she's teaching me about crystals. So shout out to Mari. I'm Mariana. So um, after you charge... Um, so, okay. One good thing I do want to say about charging is that in about witchcraft in general and any spell work is visualization is going to be your best friend. So if you have a, if you have a hard time, like easily visualizing what you want, then I would definitely like work on that the most because your spells just won't be as effective without you really feeling in your entire body what it is that you want. Like, I mean... You want to get the goosebumps. I keep talking about goosebumps, but that's what I get. Like the hairs raised on my on my arm and I get like this weird kind of like tingle that goes from my head all the way down when I'm like charging my items. If I'm charging a candle, I will have it in my hand and I will meditate over what I want anywhere from five minutes to 30 minutes, you know, and I would really just like look at every scenario I would visualize how good it would feel, the emotions I'm feeling at a time when I'm succeeding in um, achieving those goals or manifesting those things in my life. And then when I feel all that tingle all over my body, I blow right into the candle in my hand. And no shit, y'all, like I will blow and blow. And then right in the middle of my palm where the candle was um, holding or where, you know, where the candle is sitting in my hand, it would heat up only in that area. Not around my whole hand, only in that area there would be a hot spot just growing, like radiating from that spot. And that's when I know I've charged it. That's when I know. And then I'll touch the oil, and the oil almost just feels like it's just leaking off of, you know, the candle at that point because it's, the candle is heated up with that energy and I can't really explain it y'all you just got to know it when you know it and feel it when you feel it and that's why knowing your magic is so important because you know when it's ready you just know and if you don't know then you need to listen to yourself a little bit more um and connect with yourself a little bit more so that you can hear and understand when you know your magic is working you know it's all a part of the process so let's move on to consecrating. Consecrating isn't a, everyone doesn't consider it a necessary step. At one point in life, I did not consider it a necessary step. And I did not go anywhere with my spell work during this time. And I took the longest hiatus from doing spell work because I'm like, I'm not doing something right. And really it wasn't because of anything except for me trying to put you know, other people's limitations on my magic and not just trusting it in myself. So for me, consecration is important. It is the process of making an object sacred through some minor rite or act of blessing. So this method is mostly used for your main ritual tools and things that will no longer be used in the mundane world. You don't want to... Okay, so if I'm writing my book of shadows... Um, I have a pen that's only my pen for my book of shadows. I bless that pen um, so that it could 
be an extension of me and my magic, just like my books of shadows are an extension of me and my magic or any tool that I use is, is an extension of me and my magic. And I know that I'm sacred and that my magic is sacred. So why would I want my tool to not hold the same standard and be just as sacred if it's an extension of me in magical workings. Like, it's kind of working against you if it's not, right? I mean, everyone doesn't think the same, but for me, it's working against me if it's not. And I call to my ancestors a lot. Ancestors that I don't know, that I never will be able to know. And, you know, growing up Black, especially in the South, um, this direct descendant of slaves, you know, and, you know... We would never have that opportunity. I don't want to say never because, you know, never is so definite. But there is a great chance that the opportunity to know our full heritage will never, you know, be a thing for us. So for me to connect with my ancestors, I do it through spell work. And I ask for ancestors to come to me and, and I want to form these relationships with them and for them to speak to me in ways that are different, you know, like I know my immediate ancestors who have passed away, my grandma, my mom, my mom's husband, my uncle, um, you know, my mom's mom, my mom's mom, mom, like all these people who were huge parts of my life. I call to them every ritual that I do because I know that they protected me, um, when I, when they were here. So I know they are definitely protecting me outside of this realm. So I feel like it's because my great grandmother, the lady who raised me, she was a devout Christian. So I feel like it's my responsibility and my respect to her to make everything that I'm using sacred because she held, you know, her holiness to a high regard. So I won't disrespect her or their, you know, their spiritual selves by not, making those items sacred and holding them to that high regard. And for the ancestors that I don't know, and I wish to know, um, you know, I don't know what, who, you know, their personalities when they were here. So I don't want to disrespect them by just treating, you know, it's all about respect for me in the way that I use my guys, my ancestors and who I call for. If you're calling on to different guys and goddesses, you definitely want to make those items sacred because literally they're gods and goddesses you know, make them sacred. It's kind of like a respect thing. You're calling on them to help you achieve a goal and you can't even give them respect to make your items holy. Do that, in my opinion, is a necessary step. So you can say a prayer over your tool or your object and dedicate it. It's used to your gods, gods, goddesses, you know, ancestrals, whatever. You know, um, if you dedicate it to them, try to have some kind of item that represents that God, goddess, ancestor, guide, whatever <laughs> you're using on your altar. Because, I mean, you literally have empowered that item with their magic and their spirit. And you don't have any representation of them on that altar. Kind of like, what's the point? Um, if you keep oils that are cleansed, charged, and consecrated, then you can also anoint those oil, anoint objects with those oils. So let's say that, you know, you create your green witch and the kitchen witch and you're, you've been creating your own 
um, oils and, you know, you have charged them with their energy, like go ahead and consecrate them and make them sacred. And then you can bless, uh, you know, it's kind of like when they do the, the oil and I think it's in Catholic churches. I don't want to quote, I'm not Catholic. Um, I never was, but I know in one of those, they do the cross in the oil, same thing. You know what I mean? This is the same exact thing. You are making an item sacred and holy, um, because the oil that you use is also sacred and holy, you know, you can also work with the four elements to pass, sprinkle or cover and representation of each element. Um, you can pass the object, sprinkle the object, cover the object, um, with, you know, the four elements and we don't even want to get started on how amazing elemental magic is. It will be episode two. We'll be talking about elemental magic because I, it's very important to get that out. Pretty much a lot of the things that witches are doing when they're first becoming witches are, you know, they're doing elemental magic. And so let's just talk about that next episode so we can understand what that entails. So um, once an item is consecrated, though, it should be considered sacred and you should only use it as such. You should not, you know, be just out there using your pen that you write in your book of shadows to write out grocery lists or you know, using your scouring mirror, you know, and to take to your girlfriend's house as y'all getting ready to go out. You know what I mean? Like, no, that's not what it's for. Um, You know, it's for you to do only your magical workings. You have blessed it. You have made it sacred. So keep it as such, you know, just like your body is sacred is your temple and you won't just let anyone go out and use it all willy nilly and treat it like it's cheap shit. Hopefully, hopefully you don't want to treat your tools as, um, like that as well. After you consecrate them, really after you charge them or cleanse them, um, even if you don't go on to consecration, you don't want to use them for any other purpose except for what your intended purpose was, but once you consecrate them, they definitely become sacred and you definitely don't want to just use them mundanely. So witches, please, please, please do these three steps. I mean, you will see the difference in your results with your spell work when you do. Um, if you don't go through all three, at least, char- I mean, sorry, at least cleanse them um, and charge them. You have to you have to remove the negative energy and you have to imbue the intention into the object so that you can have maximum results. All right, guys. So we're going to move on to the tarot section um, or tarot segment of this episode. Uh, I don't want to just hit you guys in the face with the card meetings. If you don't understand anything about tarot at all, um, I definitely want to work it, you know, work my way into explaining the different suits. So because the past few months I have been getting hit back to back to back with the suit of pinnacles, we're going to start off with the suit of pinnacles, um, in tarot. So go ahead and grab your deck. And if you don't, you know, go look online Um, as you're watching this and look at the different symbols and the different scenery as we're talking about it. So you can start getting the connection with the cards. If tarot is a thing that you want to explore more, which I hope it is because tarot is fucking amazing. So, um, yeah, go out, grab that, come meet me back here and we'll get started guys. 
right, we are back with the last segment of this episode, which is about the suit of pinnacles. Yay! So if you had a normal deck of playing cards at home, the suit of pinnacles would be basically the diamond in the deck. Um, this suit is associated with the element of earth. So just like the earth, the pinnacle cards represent strong foundations for growth and development, um, being fruitful, fertility, stability, and support. So just like the earth nurtures its plants and animals to be their best, you know, to grow and develop at their full potential. So does the pinnacle suit nurture you to, you know, be great in those material wealth areas in your life, right? So if you pull the pinnacles in a reading, it'll most likely cover things like your work, your career, your businesses, different trades that you may be in or trying to get in, trying to prosper, grow, and develop in. Um, investments that you're trying to grow and develop, any type of material wealth or things like in that nature, this pinnacle suit would represent. So some common themes, some common themes that you will get in a reading would be manifestation, opportunities, prosperity, abundance, and also a realization of things. So let's talk about realization of things. Um, we are all trying to realize dreams. You know, we all have either small goals or big goals that we're trying to accomplish. Um, we work towards those dreams little by little and we set goals so that we can obtain that dream. Right. So the pinnacle suit basically means that you are realizing those dreams. You have put in the work, you have did the damn thing, and now you are ready to obtain what is yours. You have realized your dream. Another thing that the pinnacle suit represents or coordinates with is, or corresponds with, is the earth element astrological signs. So Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, Taurus, grab it by the horns. You're bullheaded. You're like charging in to your dreams the realization of it it connects it in the same way um virgos virgo season is all about being in tune with your body but also being of service to others so what is a better service to others than like shown through work well i don't want to say a better because there's other ways to service others but a great way that you service everyone in your everyday life is through work. You know, work can seem daunting, but at the end of the day, you are providing a service either to your boss so that they can provide a service to the customer base that they're um, focusing on. Or if you own your own business, you're, you're doing service to your customers. You're making sure your customers are satisfied and happy and will come back so that you can stay in business and obtain this material wealth. So as you can see, the pseudo pinnacles definitely collides with those earth elements so if you are trying to realize a dream grab it by the horns you know be that Taurus you know give that intense service to others and so you can obtain a greater wealth all those things right don't you just love when they all connect it just shows you that I mean the truth the truth is out there and I was just watching X-Files because I definitely still binge watch X-Files. And you know what? The truth is out there. And when you take the time to look at it and see the similarities and all these little things, I mean, how can you believe the magic isn't real, right? <laughs> so with everything that is light, 
there has to be dark. You can't have one without the other. So if you do pull this card a lot, yes, you can be talking about manifesting money and dreams and goals and opportunities and abundance and prosperity. But the dark side of this card can be greed. You know, you're a greedy person. You're a possessive person. You're a Scrooge. You don't want to share any of the wealth that you obtain for the common good to help others. You're a very selfish person. Um, you're an overindulgent person with poor financial management. So even though you're obtaining all this wealth that you've been asking for, and let's not put the wealth on grand terms, right? Let's just bring it back on down to the the common folk, you know, the common witch who may not have a lot of money, but you are you know, doing spell work to manifest abundance and you started to receive that abundance, you know, you've gotten that raise and you hit the lottery somehow for $5,000 on a scratch off or something, or, you know, just little things you're obtaining this wealth that you asked for, but you're spend, spending the money just as quickly as you got it. You're not having strong financial management. So Every witch knows that when you're having a run of good fortune, it comes to an end. And you have to have that foundation, that stability that this suit, you know, promotes. The stability that you should be obtaining for yourself. You only, you've only obtained the material wealth, but not the stability to keep that material wealth when the times get hard again. So you don't have any savings put up. You don't have... This support, also another keyword of this card, and you know, you fall short and you lose everything that you've worked on manifesting. And why would you ever want to waste your magic and the gifts that are given to you in such a, you know, irresponsible way? So definitely, if you are pulling this card, um, if you're feeling drawn to this card as I'm talking about it, you know, let's say you don't have any tarot decks at home and you're just learning about it and this card is like connect this suit is like connecting to you right now it may be that you need to nurture and grow those certain areas in your life more realize those dreams or maybe if you are doing well and you are still feeling connected that you're doing too much you know dial it back um go out and do some volunteer work and go take a financial literacy class so that you can learn how to create you know long-term wealth you know stable wealth and another thing that this card could represent is being too career driven we all know the cliche situation when a man or a woman is so career focused that they let their families be neglected you know their marriages fall apart because they forget date night and anniversaries and their wives spouse partners whatever you know I don't even know who you are you're not the person I met you know, of course, because they're so focused on that one area of their life. They're trying to get the status. They're trying to get the promotion. They need the money so they can get the car, the house, whatever the situation is. You know, they focus all of their energy on that. And then they let these other areas of their life go wayside. And those areas bring balance, bring harmony, happiness, and joy, bliss to your life just as much as that material wealth. But the only difference is that that material wealth, the material wealth will always go away. It's not a definite thing. 
it's just, you know, even when you get the position in your career, you're going to hit an age when someone is going to be younger than you. And then that younger person will get the position that, you know, you worked so hard for so many years to get and you lost everything. You lost your wife. You you lost the love of your children or your wife or husband. I don't want to just target men in this. I know it is more of a um, male type of cliche that happens, but women do it too, you know, um, put career first and then lose everything outside of that and when the career and the money all come to an end what legacy have you built for yourself who's going to hang your picture on the wall when you die to keep the memory alive and so that your grandkids and you know future family members will know who you are because you were so loved there's you know if you let everyone leave because you were so focused on your career There'll be no one to do that. It won't be your boss hanging your picture up on the wall when you die unless you become a part of their family and you guys fall madly in love and, you know, such the story goes. But, you know, that boss, you're doing a service for him and he's doing a service for himself and for other people as well. So you are only a means to an end. And the moment you realize that and you get to those years where you've wasted so much time and there's no one there to love you when it's all over, you know, who wants to be in that position? You know, like Drake said, like Drake's mom said, who the fuck wants to be 70 and alone? You know, it rings true no matter how you put it. So this card will make you realize those darker areas in your life that, you know, need some lightening up, you know, make sure that you are creating long-term comfortability and wealth in your life and not just material wealth as well. Cause even though this car, even though the pseudo pinnacles represent material wealth, it also tells you that material wealth isn't everything you need to check it, you know? So if you're feeling drawn to that car, you know, either nurture and grow some of those areas or dial them back, you know, and readjust and reassess. And that's it, guys. Thank you so much for being here with me today. It has been an absolute blast. I hope my um, not-superb podcaster voice <laughs> didn't annoy you this first episode so much. It's going to get better. I really just had to put it out there for myself right now. No matter how bad I may think it sounds now, it's not as bad as I may think it is and I'm only going to get better but if I don't start at some point then how I know what point I'm trying to get better from so I hope you know all my pauses like I'm President Obama making a speech or you know my um not so good pronunciation did not hinder you coming back to this podcast because in the midst of all of this I will be developing my voice and my speech, and it will only get so much better. So please join me in episode two, um, where we will be talking about elemental magic. Once again, we will be talking about the suit of cups, and we will be talking about grounding ourselves, because that's another essential part of our practice and preparation for spell work. So look out for it next Tuesday. Thank you so much, guys. Um, If I don't drop it this Tuesday with this episode, it will be next Tuesday. Um, Again, I can't express my gratitude enough that I have even just one listener today. So thank you so much for being here. And 
We'll talk soon, guys. Bye-bye.